What key are we in? G? Yeah. Cool deal. Well, we're going to start rolling here in three, two, and one. I counted down for us to start rolling, PD. What are we? Are you going to leave that News? in? Yeah, I'm going to leave it in. Okay. Yeah. Oh, man. Hey, welcome back to Church Stories. <laughs> uh, my name is Shama, and I somehow have become a audio tech guy from doing this podcast. It's a fun fact about me. Thanks to Amazon for the equipment. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, but our podcast is everywhere, and I still don't know what it, I, I I couldn't tell you what I did. PD. Shoot, I just messed it up. Introduce yourself, though. <laughs> uh, my name is PD, like Shama just said, uh, and uh, I'm really trying to make this mom hat thing happen. <laughs> It's not gonna happen, BD. It's happening. Oh, <laughs> um, it's not. It is happening. But I was just to told you, to like, take what it are you? Are you try, uh, did did you? Yeah, my boss is like, you can't you can't wear that here. And then so I wore it the next day at Halloween, and she's like, I told you you can't wear that. And I was like, well, like hey. my Halloween costume is a guy who wears a mom hat. Did I get it? Did it work? It worked. Yeah, that's nice. Gosh, you're witty. I don't. <laughs> if I was your assist, if I was your manager, I'd fire you. <laughs> Just she probably because you're too to. witty, and uh, you're too good at being witty, guys. Welcome to the show. Church Stories podcast exists because you laugh the hardest when you're not supposed to. And when are you not supposed to laugh? In class. And I'm just gonna keep saying things that aren't church. <laughs> in church, you're in not church. supposed to in laugh. Church. In church. You're not supposed to laugh in church. And uh, we love finding guests, and we love hearing about guests and people who are introduced to us who have plenty of church stories, and that's who we have today. So let me hype this guy up. My dad called you the greatest youth pastor of all time. <laughs> Is that true? That's that's kind of a skewed uh, perspective. <laughs> listen, that's a, that's a nice way of putting it. We're going. Listen, I got it on paper here, so that's what we're going on, Mister Butch. Uh, <laughs> our uh, our uh, our guest for the day is Mister Noel. Huh? It depends on your audience. If they've never. <laughs> They don't know what a youth pastor is, then yeah, I'm the greatest. Oh, right, the only, right. You can't, you can't correct. You can't <laughs> correct them at all, right? Um, our guest for the day is Noel, Mr. Noel Cookman. He was a youth pastor for First Assembly of God in Nor- uh, Concord, North Carolina. Um, pastored in Raleigh, North Carolina. You're now a divorce lending specialist in Texas, which is probably. Just, we got to get into that because we want to know. We want to know all about yeah, that. Yeah, how do you go from youth pastor to divorce specialist? That's divorce an interesting trajectory. Where, what, was the, what, was the, what was the ladder? That was a moment. That was, um, I got out of church work in 1999 and um, 98, I think, maybe. And um, so I promised God I wouldn't bother his people anymore. So I quit <laughs> preaching and doing church work. And, um, and just kind of fell into the mortgage business. And then about a year and a half into it, I decided I hated realtors and didn't want to take them <laughs> anymore. So, um, I prayed to God to give me an idea and he gave me this idea. I says, what if you could just work with people going through a divorce? And so of all things, uh, you know, my dad was a preacher, yeah. uh, all my life and uh, all his adult life. And, um, I used to call him and say, dad, pray for, we need more divorces out here in Texas. So we just- <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. He never could get with that program. But oh, he- no. <laughs> you like business isn't too good right now. I can't do that. Actually, I mean, I know this is supposed to be funny, but seriously, yeah. 
we could have a super spiritual revival across the country and 90% of the divorces could go away and there would still be more business than I could ever really? shake a stick. Really? There's plenty. There's 75,000 really? people, uh, 75,000 divorces every year in Texas. In so Texas? That's, that's 150,000 people every year getting divorced in Texas. And I don't, if I, I'd be a billionaire what? if I could 10% of them. So, um, And and I'll tell you something else. Again, we're supposed. I know you want to hear funny stories, but you, some of the nicest people in the world are divorce lawyers, and a lot of Christians, a lot of uh, good people, um, are divorce lawyers, and some of the nicest people in the world are getting divorced, and I help them. And um, so it's really, I don't, I can't say I was surprised by that, but it is. It's kind of like a pleasant surprise and I, I just work with some awesome awesome people and you know for w- one reason or another people get divorced and we um you know we i guess you could say we're there to pick up the pieces so yeah and help them you know get and, and i'll tell you what there's kids involved most of the time or a lot of time there's kids involved so i do finance work so if i can help like a newly divorced mom as she's trying to keep the house, keep the kids in the same school, keep the kids in the same neighborhood, not disrupt their lives. And I'm making a, a financial, a financial, financial feasibly thing. Yeah. I don't think I did that right, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it, uh, and then I've helped that mom and her kids, you know, and we, we get a lot of satisfaction out of it. But anyway, that's all. Hey, you know what? We, we went, we went far. Let's, let's, let's go back. Tell us a little bit about yourself Growing up in church, tell us about your history in church. Did how you became the greatest youth pastor of all time. How you became the quote <laughs> greatest youth pastor of all time. We were so how you got the nickname Butch from Noel. That's that's a little far. No, I don't know that. I, my parents didn't even tell me how I got nicknamed Butch, but I, that's how Scott and um, and Tim and Drew and and of course Uncle Uncle. Uh, uh, what we call Uncle him. Fred? Yeah, Uncle Fred and Aunt Joe. I know we called Aunt Joe Aunt Joe. Uh, I guess we called – did we call him Aunt, Uncle Fred? I don't think so. I've is only heard Aunt Joe and her right? helpers. He was just a helper. It's <laughs> <laughs> a reference to Petey's granddad. He was a tag-along. Aunt Joe was the star of the show. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I was a preacher's kid. I grew up in church, and probably some of the same things you've heard Scott and uh, his brothers tell about uh, they got left at church on a Sunday night, and the parents didn't realize – they weren't in the car till they got home, and really? we had fallen under the pew. You know that happened more than once. I think wow. my parents were actually trying to to uh, see if somebody else would take me. There were five of us. <laughs> yeah, but uh, nobody would have me, so they they had to take me back home every had to come time. and get me but every time. I was kid, and um, and so and I'll tell you, I'll tell you something. I wasn't. There's no question. I was not the greatest youth pastor of all time. But I'll tell you how we met. Do you want to hear about how we met the Bachmans? Yeah, oh, the Bachmans, yeah, and sure. this is a reference to uh, to uh, PD's dad and uncle, <laughs> uncles. Yeah, yeah. This is the most amazing thing, PD. This is your grandfather and grandmother. Uh, uh, God bless the memory of Aunt Joe. She, uh, the people just loved them. Peace. What happened was we had a youth camp. I had to do like the kitty camp, you know, like the elementary school kids, and then I had to do the um, teen camp junior and senior high school and what happened was one year 
uh, the, the grounds that we were going to, they weren't ready at the last minute. And we, I mean, literally, my pastor took a busload of these elementary kids to to uh, the, the gr- campgrounds, and they weren't ready. They had like, it was a brand new thing. And uh, but anyway, it was a fiasco. And so he drove the he drove the, the bus to the, the these kids in this bus he drove home because I'd been telling him every week, you know, the state youth leader had been telling me, yeah, it's going to be ready. It's going to be ready. And so my pastor, Pastor Tom, you'll hear him talk about them, uh, talk about Pastor Tom said, is it ready? Butch, is it ready? I said, yeah, they're telling me it's ready. So he went with them and it wasn't ready. So he had to drive all these kids back home, a two hour drive. He got off. He was stained when he got off the bus. (laughs) Uh, he came look. He came right straight to me, pointing the finger. I'm gonna get you. And oh, no. Uh, so at, and like the next week, we had the team camp that was supposed to go. So all of a sudden, all that got thrown, and these kids were crying, and they were like, "Oh, what do we do?" And I mean, it was a fiasco. So I got on the phone, and you'll have to kind of walk through this in your head. This I don't think this has ever happened before or since. But we had to put together this youth camp, a church camp. That took like uh, maybe six, seven-year-olds were the, were the youngest, six, seven, eight-year-olds, however that youngest in a kid's camp could be, all the way through senior high school kids. Yeah. And we had, to, we had one week, and we found these, these, this other campground, and we found – and so we're like, how in the world do we mix a camp? I mean, they separate those kids for reasons, you yeah. know, and they probably yeah. have – and even – more defined groups like now they do junior high camps and senior high camps. We had the whole everything from six year olds to 17, 18 year olds. Jeez. So it's, what do you do? We had never heard of the Bachmans and we had never heard of this guy out here in Texas. His name was George Brazel. He, he was like 60 some years old and he was he called himself the world's oldest living teenager. So somehow in two weeks, these people who got booked up, you know, months and months in advance, they had this one week open. And so we booked Uncle George, we called him. He's bald headed. He used to say he's, uh, he, he was so bald he had to carry his dandruff around in his hand. And <laughs> the kids loved him. He was the most popular youth speaker in the country at the wow. time in our church group. He was booked. Uh, I won't go into the details, but he was the single most in-demand youth camp speaker in the country. And somehow he had that week open in two weeks. Wow. And so we said, well, we've got to do something for the kids. And we found out about the Bachmans. So what we did, we brought them both in, and it was the wildest thing. We'd start off, you know, like this uh, youth or this campground and the what they call the tabernacle. There's a, there's a section of seats in the middle, these old wooden pews and sawdust floors. And on each side, on each wing, there is a section of pews. So I had like three sections, left, middle, right. Yeah. And so we, we would start off with the kids, and the teenagers would sit on the wings, and the Bachmans would come up and do their thing. <laughs> now, think about this a minute. If we'd have told the teenagers they're doing this for you, they'd have laughed because it was for kids. It was too, they were in their clown uniforms, but it just so happened that the Bachmans had these three cute teenage boys that played in a Yeah. And so there, they come up for like 45 minutes and they minister to the kids. And so the little kids, they're just loving it. I mean, they got the puppets, they got the show. Then of course they love the Bachman brothers 
and doing their music and they would sing and aunt joe and they would give away prizes and i don't did you ever see it pd did you ever see them in action i never got to oh my gosh it it was magical i can't tell you it was the best and i'd seen a lot and it's to this day i've seen a lot of kids programs it was the best and they just tore it up and the teenagers because we didn't tell them hey you got to enjoy this we just said hey move off to the side um and just we're gonna do the kids yeah but the teenagers were loving it and they wow. but they felt like they loved it and and then they would do the kids and so they were they were just they loved even for the kids because we didn't tell them they had to like it yeah yeah and then the Lyman brothers would come out uh, up into a transition we'd switch the younger kids to the outside wings and bring the teenagers in the middle and uncle George would preach to them. Wow. And he was funny. I mean, he, he had you in stitches and he was so good that even the six, seven, eight year old kids were mesmerized by uncle George. Yeah. It was a magical thing. I don't know if I did it justice just in describing this whole thing, but we had an amazing time, five or six nights and it went just absolutely magical. And I've never seen anything before that or since that. I don't know if it could ever work like that in this day and age. But the kids just loved it. It was the, it was the greatest. We still have people uh, shoot. Those kids, some of them are grandparents now. They're in their 50s. That is that thing. That's, and, uh, that's crazy. And so, PD, you would not believe your grandparents and your dad and uncles. <laughs> they were, uh, you know, all the girls just loved them because they were so cute. And, and, uh, and, uh, and they, but they had the thing going on, man. It was really, it was really amazing. That's, so that's awesome yeah. because like PD in his own right, right now is also killing the game. And we wonder where it comes from. <laughs> and then, Oh, he just came from a family from, you know, of, from a whole family of people who were just great performers, great on stage, great I come musicians, from show great. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's so it's funny that you would fall into show business now. So did my grandpa do magic at this event? Yes, I think he did. I think yeah, yeah, he did magic. Um, but did he call did. it? Did he call it magic or gospel wonders? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Magic. I say magic now, but. <laughs> What did they? Oh my gosh! Now you're going to make me remember details. All I remember was that it worked, <laughs> and wow. and it was the kids loved it. Oh, Uncle George, he was he called himself the world's oldest living teenager, and and teenagers just loved him. We had him back several times as we did the Bachmans, and um, and oh, he just he had one story after another. He he's the one that, that first I uh, heard use the phrase. I hate to call anybody ugly, but she had a face that would make a freight train take a dirt road. (laughs) 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 That's awesome. That's awesome. How was it? How was it like doing kids ministry and, and, and youth ministry back then? Because now I feel like, People do youth ministry with just an iPhone. They're like, oh, I run the social media page, and I tell text the students when to show up, and I'm, we're promoting a thing online. So, so much of it is just people on computers and phones doing youth ministry. But back then, you were like, y'all were in the trenches. Y'all were putting on these events, no social, no internet. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, Just we, you and like posters. Really? And color if it got really important, but because <laughs> I mean, it costs so much. Oh my gosh! And it was work intensive, and I. I didn't delegate a whole lot. I, I would print the stuff up and send, you know, send out bulletins. It was mail, you know, and yeah. announcing in church and, you know, word of mouth. And God was really good to us because, um, you know, at, you know, God's kind of in charge of that stuff, and He really does want people and love people, and He reaches out and gets them. And so kids would go spread the news at at school at high school and just one thing would grow to another and um um we just uh i in the trenches i never said it that way but i guess it was kind of uh you just it was physical contact i mean right. it was a constant sport it was there yeah there's no hard i mean there's barely phones to use well I, that sounds like i'm back in the <laughs> <laughs> no, we had, but it was mail. Yeah, I mean it was mail and maybe radio advertisement. I don't think we did that in advertising in the newspaper. Right. But it was it was a contact sport, and so uh, the meeting was super important. The weekly meeting, and uh, we we just uh, taught the kids about praise and worship, and they just enjoyed the Lord and and uh, had a just kind of rock and roll. That um, it was more. Like the old stuff your your dad uh, would relate to. That was back in the beginning days of contemporary Christian music. And oh, what the, they didn't say that word now, but it was it was when it was uh, you know we it was okay to play rock and roll, and the older people kind of put up with us and let us do our thing, and and the kids were loving it. But uh, and kids were getting saved and filled with the spirit, and it was it was uh, you know several years of some really good times there. Yeah. That's awesome. A big part of it. And okay. So we know with all that, with those years, with the background in ministry, we know that that comes with plenty of church stories where, where things might not go exactly how you wanted them to, (laughs) where the expectation was high and the execution was not so high or things just went off a cliff. Yeah. So we want we want to hear some of those. Well, what now? This did work one time. I but I I would do anything to draw a crowd. I was a terrible opportunist, and so all <laughs> together. I mean, we did everything. Like one time, a guy named Captain Hook came and did a kids' crusade, and it was the. I mean, who would even think that this would draw a crowd? But they promised our our auditorium set five hundred people. I think it was. And they said, if we get a thousand kids on Friday night, we're going to crack an egg on Pastor Butch's head. Yeah. I mean, what? <laughs> that's nothing, you know, it's yeah. like I mean, it's, now you've got you got to have glue. Uh, what is it? Goop dropped on you. Yeah. You yeah go, slime and all that other stuff. That's so these kids like got so excited about they were going to crack an egg on my head on Friday night. And so they turned up a thousand kids. I think it was like 900, but they cheated and counted a thousand so that they could go ahead and crack an egg on my head. But I mean, silly things like that. And that one, one day I dressed up, I, I went out and rented a gorilla outfit and, um, and just got up on, t- I, I can't remember exactly what, I think it was when, uh, the Bachmans were there and I, and I stood on top of the church steeple, you know, the, not the steeple, but the, oh. the, the you know, 
and waved at people, just anything to draw a crowd and get kids to come in. And um, so, uh, well, we took that gorilla. I had one of the pastors drive me to take the gorilla suit back um, to to the costume place, and I had to drive through the bank to make a deposit. And and so I drove up, and I was in my freaking teller out, and I think they called security on me to. Oh, but, man. You you went inside? No, no. I just we drove through, and then yeah. he drove right. In. I was sitting in the back, and I gave him my deposit slip. Oh and she no! Put, um, That's so. Funny. Actually, have you ever heard? Y'all remember Jim Baker and PTL? Yeah, That's yeah, what, yeah. Jim uh, Baker's had a bit of a resurgence on YouTube. <laughs> well, I worked for him for six months. Uh, the longest six months of my life I was there. And not long after I left Concord, where we were talking about um, Concord, North Carolina, and then Charlotte was just south of there. But I went down there for six months, and um, they had, let's see, my youngest son was like eight at the time. Does that sound right? No, maybe even six. And they had just spent a million dollars. That was an amazing place. They spent a million dollars in 1984 on a um a live it was a passion play but they the set cost a million dollars and they and they would get some professionals but then some local people i remember one year they had uh one of the local guys he had a pot belly and he played the part of peter and he was always running after jesus (laughs) jesus jesus uh how, how can i follow you or you know and he's Barely any who's walking with the lamp. But anyway, they would hire some uh, professional actors and some of the local people on staff would play the part yeah. in one year. Uh, so they do this whole life of Jesus and then they buried him. You know, they crucified Jesus, put him in the tomb. And uh, my six year old son, it, it was deathly quiet. You know, all of a sudden, he's dead. Jesus is dead. There's like hundreds of people sitting out in the amphitheater. My six-year-old son hollers out, do we have to sit here for three days till Jesus? <laughs> oh, man. The whole, the whole setting. But at that, uh, later, uh, after I left, I had a friend who produced the, the show. It's called The Ultimate Conflict. And it, and it introduced the devil into the story of Jesus. And he was always, he was visible in the, in that passion play. And he was always, um, you know, tempting when he tempted Jesus, he had fire coming out of his hands and it was a real cool thing. And, but the problem was the guy who played the part of Jesus, he looked like Jesus, long hair, you know, uh, like the pictures on the wall, the photos we have of Jesus with the mm-hmm. long brown curly hair. And so, um, he looked like Jesus and he could he was a good actor, but he was a jerk of a guy. He was a real a-hole, if I can say it that way. <laughs> I mean, he was a jerk. And the guy who played Satan was the nicest guy in the world, one of the one of the most gracious, kind of guys in the world. And so backstage, in between sets and, and scenes and stuff like that, when something would be going wrong. Jesus would be walking back and forth and cursing like a sailor. And why don't they get this right? And Satan would be would go to him, put his arms around him and say, now, come on, just calm down. Things are going to be all right. And the optics of that was really amazing because mm-hmm. you had Jesus totally losing it. 
and Satan kind of came down. So at that, at that um, uh, passion play, they had, this is a true story, true story. They, um, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard this before, but I'm going to tell it anyway. So you're not nodding your head or shaking your head, <laughs> but you up on the cross. And you know, when they do the spear, it's a retractable spear. And it has, it's got the blood, pa- uh, st- uh, little, bl- not, bl- what do you call them? Little explodable yeah, things yeah. when you push it in there and then the blood spurts out. out. But yeah. it's a retractable spear end. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus is hanging up there on the cross, you know, and um, the guy picks up the wrong spear. He picked up one of the real ones and he actually stabbed Jesus. Yeah. <gasps> <gasps> And drew blood, and, and they had to stop the play, and ultimately had to take him off. But he was hanging up there, and he had the wireless mic on him. We have the bleep button ready here. <laughs> he had the wireless. This, this is like back then. By the way, it was the third most visited uh, theme park in the country. Disney World was number one. Disneyland was number two, and Heritage USA was number three. So it was it was a big deal back in 1980s, and. So Jesus is up there on the cross, and the guy comes up and, and stabs him, and and he, he just groaned, you know. He's like, son of a bitch, you stabbed me. <laughs> and the microphone was on. It just broadcast to the whole, the whole audience that Jesus cursing from the cross. They, got they, had, to, they had to stop the show. And, and, oh, man. You know, I, probably even if he wasn't, if he wasn't um, uh, hurt, they would probably still would have stopped the show and <laughs> carried him off in an ambulance. But anyway. that is that is so out of everything that could go wrong in a Jesus play, that is probably the probably the the, the top. Like that's like the top of the like the list of the things that could go wrong. Yeah, like Jesus cursing is yeah. not what you want Jesus for your cur- play. Jesus actually getting impaled and then <laughs> Jesus cursing. Yeah, that's that's just that's up there with this. These two things never happen in a Jesus play. I at bet all. the people watching were like, "Oh, look at how realistic that stab was." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're probably like, "Man, they're at that church one time. They, we did these plays and everything, and and um, and we didn't have a lot of talent in the church, so they got me. I had to sing a part. I, I played the part of Peter, um, and I think it was called the Witness, but. Um, it all it revolved around Peter, but it still had Jesus in the scene. And they had this one scene where, uh, and I'd done it like, I think we probably did it five years running. And we, uh, like each year, we do three or four or five or six presentations. Yeah. And it was a big thing in that little town of Concord. And uh, so people, they packed the church out. Back then, that's, that's when the church would seat about 1,500. And we'd pack it out for several performances around Easter time. You know? Yeah. And um, and so they had this real moving song that I would I would um, have to do where I, I sing to Jesus after you know Peter fails Jesus he yeah. denies Jesus yeah and so they write this beautiful tearful song it says I love you Lord and you know I always meant to do things right I love you Lord and I prayed for one more chance to prove I do I want to leave the past behind and feel your touch again oh Lord you know I love you so and I, I have to walk up to Jesus up the stairs and I'm singing as I go and Jesus is standing there and of course he's very forgiving 
And but right before that scene, because I, I had I narrate the whole thing too, but but right before that scene, I had a fake beard on. I had a, I had a, a you know they just glue it on you know amateur hour glue glue yeah. my beard on. Yeah. And so I pop up from behind a banister or something to do my the narration right before I start singing. And as soon as I popped up, I took a breath in and I breathed in part of the beard. I just part of it just fell off and I breathed it in and I started to speak and I couldn't speak. I was like, <gasps> and I was like, if I stoop down and get a drink of water, it was a glass of water there, but that wouldn't be realistic. And I had to keep it realistic, even though I was behind this real nice church banister and there was a grand piano behind me, we still had to keep it realistic. So I couldn't drink water. Yeah. So I, like in, in two seconds, it goes through my mind. What do I do? Do I power through this thing or what? Yeah. So I powered through it and I croaked out the narration. I like <laughs> I told the story of Peter and denying Jesus and I can already speak. <laughs> and so I started singing the song. I love you, Lord. <laughs> And by the time I got to the end of the song, I was climbing up the stairs and I couldn't sing a word. I was literally (laughs) singing. Probably I just sang it better than I was doing it that night. And the people thought I was I was just torn up about it, about my (laughs) sin and my failing Jesus. Wow. And you could hear people, they were weeping all over the what? audience. They were just crying and sniffing. And when I got what? to Jesus, there wasn't a dry eye in the place. Oh my gosh. And I, we should have given the altar call right then. We could have had like 500 <laughs> people get saved right then or, or come down and give yeah, money or something. Yeah. But um, that was probably the best acting I've ever done in my life. And uh, But the people really, I, I sold it. You know, they say sell it. So I sold it. I just didn't mean to. You just all you did was just <laughs> inhale a bunch of hair on accident. But I mean, it sounds like the worst thing could, that could happen. But in that case, it was the best yeah. thing that could happen. So is like, you man, swallowing that piece of your man, beard. You really went. You really gave it all that you got up there, didn't you? And we didn't even have what would Jesus do back then. We didn't <laughs> even know. But, um, it was, uh, yeah, I guess that was a good place for it to happen. Uh, yeah. And um, so how was it? I got it. It came up to me afterwards and told me all that just touched me, that moved me. It's in tears. i like, you know, I had eaten my beard just right before that. <laughs> okay. So, I, I got to ask, okay, how was it like a million dollars is a lot of money? How is it being a part of a production? that's worth a million dollars for like a for a play i yeah. don't i can't even what budget what did you what did you what did it have that was the uh the passion play at, at uh heritage usa at the ptl yeah thing. okay that wasn't our thing we didn't spend a million dollars on that um but um that was at ptl i they just had a lot of money back in those days they were raising a lot of money I, that's part of what probably the problems were oh it, there was debt and there was a lot of money and, but they, uh, Jim Baker, uh, did things right. I'm, I know he's a rascal and everything. And I, in, you know, I had my issues working with him, but, um, he, he was an amazing, um, I don't know what you call it, executive or whatever, but he would, um, that was 
Heritage USA was as well kept as Disney World, Disneyland. There wasn't a blade of grass out of place when he was in charge. Wow. After wow. he left and all, the scandal and everything, it's been through different owners and it's it looks like a mess. But wow. back in the day, it was it was pristine. Yeah. I would drive on the campus and they they would plant trees and they would have guys go around with these big water trucks and water the trees every day, make sure they grew right. Jim Baker would meet some of his vice presidents at the entryway. He'd call them on the back before cell phones. He had a cell phone, uh, just, you know, the size of a suitcase, but he would say, meet me at the front gate. And they would meet him at maybe eight in the morning, nine in the morning. And he would go through the whole campus, 2,200 acres. And he would say, I want that fixed. I want that fixed. I want a road here. I want that. Uh, why is that grass not mowed? And uh, I mean, he, he ran a tight ship and it was a beautiful place. It was wow. quite amazing. Man. So they spent money. They had money. It was, th- this was uh, one of the early big, um, big, uh, you know, Christian ministries that had some kind of money. It was, it was kind of amazing. Man. I like how you described him as like, he's a rascal, but he did things right. <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i can't i can't sit here and say oh yeah. he was a really good guy well, i mean god loves everybody god forgives and i just i can't stand what i see on tv now <laughs> but what's he what's he doing he's selling like uh, food buckets depending on if you're a pre-trib or mid-trib he'll sell you three and a half years or seven years of food supply hmm. something like that but yeah. um, he was always a good salesman. See, I, t- I try to learn from from people. Um, t- I try to. Uh, I learned right. a lot of stuff from Jim Baker. I, I wouldn't. I don't, I don't think that many people enjoyed being around him. He he uh, he was not uh, a fun guy to be around one on one. You know, you hear about some people. Like, did y'all see the Rust Half thing the other night? The Rust Half movie. I haven't um, seen that. No. No. Uh, he, he's a big thing in our generation and, um, and people, if you, if you get to know him or talk to him, they're like, he's the same in that movie as he is in real life. And, and, uh, he's real. Well, Jim Baker wasn't that at all. He, when the cameras came on, he just lit up. And, but when they were off, he was kind of almost morose. He was, um, he, he just wasn't a fun guy to be around. And, uh, but that's, it, it, I still learned something from that. I mean, some people, they have this this gift and this ability, and they do their thing, and they're good at that, and they have weak areas, you know? Yeah, and yeah. So there's a there's a thing where there, there, there's a thing, uh, like, uh, that people say. It's not really people say, but I've read a lot, and I've seen a lot of, you know, things on it. Like, can you be successful and also, like, like a uh, like a like there, there are certain fields in which you just have to like people just take you seriously if you if your demeanor is a little bit a little bit harsh. Yeah, and but, but if you sell poop buckets, you, um, right, right. Now, there's no need. Yeah, there's no need. <laughs> but at the same time, like I've listened to like a lot of like Hollywood directors and also a lot of famous producers. I've watched. I watch a lot of documentaries. These guys is. I mean, their families were in shambles. Their marriages were in shambles. But like artistically, they advanced a lot. So it's almost like so. I mean, I've talked, and I was even talking about my to my father in law about this. Kind of like, can you disconnect? You know what I mean? Like, in order, like the reason why they were successful was because they were mean, 
if they were less, you know, if they were nice, would they be as successful? So it's kind of like it's like a like a revolving. I don't know, kind of like, well, can, could he have been as nice and as successful? And you're like, well, I don't know. Maybe he was. Jesus. He got stuff done. Yeah, Jesus maybe he got stuff. Been more mean. I mean, no, <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, partially also Jesus. You know, I mean, he turned tables. He was, yeah. You know I, mean, I mean, like he's, he's very he's harsh. Like, he kind of said it how it is and whatnot. So I don't know what we'd get. We, we, you know, what kind of category we'd put him in now. But at the same time, I'm always, I'm just so, uh, I'm intrigued about people. When, you know, people who've worked with, you know, you know, cameras off behind the curtains with certain people. I'm like, well, how were they? And so hearing that, I'm like, okay, that kind of falls in line yeah. with what I've heard. I like that we have a window into Jim Baker. Yeah, in this yeah, podcast. yeah, a window, <laughs> a window into Jim Baker's life. <laughs> I'm not the authority on that by any means, but you know, I mean, look what happened. Yeah, uh, right. You know, you have weaknesses. If you don't attend to them somehow, they're going to be your undoing. You guys got to see the Russ Tap thing yeah. because uh, it talks about. I mean, I'm not going to give away, uh, although it's not a big secret. But I mean, there was some serious deficiencies there, and, and how God helped him through the whole thing. It's a great, great story of redemption. And um, but you, uh, I mean, there's a guy who who ultimately you know confronted his weaknesses and. Um, I think, you know, most of the successful people I know are not, uh, they, they are great, decent people to be around. Yeah. They, they may be better in person than they are on stage or behind the camera or in front of the camera or whatever. I think uh, there's a lot to be said for uh, being nice and being nice to people. Uh, like there's a, uh, I know that there's this one entrepreneur, he's like this mega millionaire and, um, my son works, uh, with him and for him. They were high school buddies. And, um, I, I just happen to know the guy is just super generous. He's not a jerk. He's, um, he's, I mean, he's got five or six or seven exotic cars in a Beverly Hills mansion. And he, the country and he makes gazillions of dollars but he's a really nice and yeah. generous guy yeah. and he takes care of people and um uh he, he's so kind of behind the scenes i think you find that the people that are really that really make it and make it long term and succeed yeah. whether it's making yeah. money or um you know ministering to people in some way people who make it long term and really have an effect are people who are having effect who who can can talk to people one on one and in small groups right. and they're not they're not uh, they're connected with you they're not uh, uh, disconnected and just kind of doing their show they're they're real people and uh, I think uh, they're better one on one than they are on stage so um, but I'm just telling you I learned what I can from Jim Baker. I try to like to this day, attention to detail. Like if you, if you can only learn one thing from somebody, yeah. you know, there's somebody, something you can learn from the biggest rascal in the world. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I, I always think of when, whenever I get sloppy or whenever, uh, you know, I want to let this detail go or whatever, I think of Jim Baker and I like, and I'm thinking, no, that guy, that guy took care of the details and he made everybody else around him take care of details. Right. And uh, he was a pain to work with. And, uh, you know, a lot of, he, he had high turnover rate. So he did, he can't say that he's had all these great relationships with people. 
Um, and he's had some bad relationships, which got him in trouble. But um, the the thing is, um, better I might have to plug in battery here. We're going to talk longer. Um, um, you, it, it, there's something to learn from. Yeah. From just about anybody. Okay. So I heard, I heard a pastor say one time, he said, man, I carry a notepad and pencil or pen with me all the time. He said, if, if I'm with the janitor, or if I'm with whoever, I get my notepad out and I start taking notes because wow. I'm going to learn something. That's... I don't care who I'm with. And so I try to pick up on these things. I get around you guys. I guarantee you I'm going to pick up you know, half a dozen things I'm going to take with me and, and uh, I'm going to learn something. That's, man... That's 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 very that's very well put. Yeah, we're gonna land this plane here in a bit, but as a as a former youth pa- as as uh, one of the greatest youth pastors, and <laughs> as a uh, as a person who's worked you know in 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 the uh, the the church world and in the air quote secular world and you know kind of everything else, kind of seeing a lot of it being behind the scenes of you know great ministries and being on you know choking on your own hair at a, you know at a church close to a grand piano what is what is some of the best advice that you've heard along along your journey of life of of doing life and ministry and raising kids and being married and being a divorce lending specialist and all that you know what it all comes down to what we what we say is a almost sounds like a cliche but it really is about Jesus Jesus is real. He is your friend. Um, it's all about him. If we can get as far away from every other trimming or trapping or whatever as we can, um, and and just think about this one, that meditate upon this one thing, that he really has embraced us. God really was in Jesus reconciling the world to himself, never counting men's sins against them anymore. There is no divide. There is nothing to hinder us between between us and Jesus and um, through everything. And I've I've failed. You you can't I'm not going to tell you how, how badly I've failed because I like to keep most of that as, as from as many people as possible. But um I, it, through all of that, uh, Jesus is my best friend. And I'm just now starting to explore how much he really embraces me and what, what his grace really is about and what he really finished up on the cross um, when, when he really did take the real spear and he really did <laughs> get pierced and he didn't curse back. <laughs> yeah. um, but um, something was happening on that cross. So, you know, stay, stay, um, focused on Jesus, the real Jesus. That's, that's almost sounds trite to us in our world. Right. I mean, it sounds real like a cliche, but I mean, what, you know, kind of like what else is there? You know, I mean, it's cliche just because we say it's it. It's cliche a lot. because we say it a lot. But then it's it, like, really, what, you know, what else is there? But I is there thought, money? Is there. Um, if, if the play Jesus had said, forgive him, father, he knows not what he does. <laughs> that would have been the best opportunity for that Redemption. joke. Redemption. <laughs> yeah. You're like, ladies and gentlemen, 
I, I got stabbed. Yeah, I, ladies, I, I got stabbed for real. Uh, hey, G, I'm hey, I'm playing Jesus, <laughs> and I got stabbed for real. But I just forgave that man, as should you. And uh, yeah, instead of taking cursing. up an offering, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah. And and uh, you know, one more thing, you guys are good at uh, just a, just a little tidbit of advice. But when I go to visit churches and see Christians here and there. A lot of times, it's unbelievable out here in the, on the belt, uh, buckle of the Bible belt. Um, it's amazing. I, I wish Christians would just smile. I wish they would just look in your eye yeah. and smile. Yeah, wow. I don't know. Do, do they do that where y'all live? I do. Sometimes <laughs> I just shake people and say, dude, you know, let's connect. Look me in the eyeball and smile. And right. um, because once you're connected with the creator of the universe, with with Jesus Himself, it just empowers you, it changes to your demeanor, and and embrace them with your eyes. And uh, so, let Jesus love you, and and then let it just come out through your eyes and your smile. That we're we're gonna land on that now. Yeah, that was good. How did, how did I do with the Skype thing? With the I can't see, but just a little tiny little thing up there i bet i screwed that <laughs> i mean no it, no no, no. For, for your first time skyping ever for your yeah. first time skyping it looks it's just like yeah. facetime i don't know if you facetime at all but you did it great you're killing it all right well i hope so because i feel like the lighting was bad oh no 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 oh you're you're fine you're fine we we saw you well and it's, you saw us well this is audio medium anyways this is, so. yeah this is it this is audio medium people people don't really watch it people we, we're, we're gonna post this as audio but we normally end each episode with a uh with a praise report you you know what praise reports are you're in the bible belt so um do you have any praise reports anything you're thankful for oh let's see some some really cool things i i think um uh in my business right now it's just amazing to me that if god doesn't open the door i can i beat the doors down and but God will just kind of open the doors and I get calls from nowhere. It's not exactly from nowhere, but seeds that have been planted. But um, I was just thinking about this the other day. If, if God doesn't build it, it doesn't get built. And, um, but he's been opening doors and, and people that I thought had kind of cast me off, you know, like this, this one attorney, I thought it just was mad at me for some reason, and I just kind of go on to the next, the next group or whatever. But I got a call from them uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and um, and it turned out they they weren't mad at me at all. They were just they had had a life event, something going on in their life, yeah. and just couldn't you know contact me. So um, um, I've just been reunited with different people um from old friends from years ago that i hadn't seen them in years to business associates it's kind of like uh, i'm going through this getting reunited with people and and that's like a social thing that's not like some super spiritual type thing but i'm a social animal yeah. and you know i like it when i'm connected with people right that's that's what to me what the human life is about and um so it's kind of a generic kind of thing. But no, I didn't get them in the mail or anything. <laughs> Not at all, man. That's oh, that's awesome. That's, great. that's really cool. 
That's always good. Like watching, like watching, like connections. I work for in a video production co- for a video production company, and uh, so many we do all the marketing online and all the you know all the stuff and all the social media. But it's always so amazing when a connection, when a relationship brings us work, because it's kind of like wow, that person who we thought of and did work with them a year ago, they remembered us and they referred us to somebody else, and you know here we are because of a relationship. That was a another relationship, so it's all kind of inter, intertwined together, and God works mm-hmm. in those mysterious ways, like the Bible says. The you know like the I'm, Bible verse. <laughs> I'm so glad that uh, that I met you guys. I hope we do this again, or at least get connected, uh, you know, to another medium uh, again. And you got to interview my boys, Zach and Andy. Do them when they're together. They'll tell you stuff that they still haven't told us. I mean, stuff that. I can't believe some of the stuff that they did while we weren't looking, but um, they're, they're preachers' kids. Their granddad was a preacher. Both their granddads yeah. mm-hmm. were preachers, and um, and of course they grew up in a preacher's home. And uh, boy, they can tell. And you will need the bleep button for those boys, <laughs> but um, uh, they can they can tell you some stories. But they're good guys, Zach and Andy. Yeah, for sure. we'll we'll have them on. PD, what's your praise report? Um, Madden franchise with the Browns. Wow. I'm playing as DJ Khaled. Wow. It's going very well. Wow. Two Super Bowls. Um, we're, we're, we're doing really good <laughs> this season. I, you know, I, I added, uh, I mean, uh, the, our cornerback group. It's I'm, like this. I'm going to, I'm going to cut you off, PD. I'm going to cut you off. I love Madden as much as the next person. <laughs> and if you love Madden, if you're listening, you love Madden. Pete, my man's, uh, check him out. I don't think you can. You can't. You can't. <laughs> You'd have to come to my house. All right, fine. Uh, DM him. Figure it. Figure it out. Y'all will talk about it. Yeah, I'm just just having a great run with the Browns. <laughs> Pete, you didn't say the Browns, did you? I, I did. did. You say- and, but that was supposed to be a praise report. How can you say? Well, I, what I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to pick the worst team and make them good. He's he's talking about Madden and like on like what PS yeah PS4? video game yeah yeah so he's taking on a team and he's he talks about it like it's real <laughs> forgive him Mr. Yeah, Noel fake news yeah fake football <laughs> it's not real my praise report is uh, my company just expanded to two new cities um, let people see yeah check it out check us out let people see dot com we're now in Charlotte and Atlanta Sweet. well starting like yeah like this fall Sweet. and yeah so I mean I'm really excited. Um, gonna be a lot of traveling, a lot of cool stuff. Not relocating, PD. Let me just tell you that I'm not relocating. Death of the podcast part two. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But really exciting. A ton of great stuff coming up, and a lot of great work. And also, heck, it's no, it's November. Christmas season is upon us. So, well, turkey season then Christmas season. So we're excited about that, mm-hmm. guys. Mr. Noel, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you, guys. Love you. Glad to be connected. Let's make sure we connect. I want to follow your. Follow your careers and your stuff. Oh, for sure. Awesome. We will. Uh, we'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll make sure to. I'll send you our uh, Facebook names and our uh, Instagram names. I don't know what other mediums you use, but we're on all of them. <laughs> we're young. We're on. All, we're on, we're on everything. Um, but yeah, guys, this has been Church Stories, and you've been awesome. Did I say awesome all the way? I feel like I said half the word. Yeah, you want to try it again? And you've been awesome. Yeah, let's let's do it. enunciate. Let's try that. <laughs> enunciate. Eno- enunciate. All right. Mr. Butch, thank you so much. Thanks. See you guys. Thanks. All right. Goodbye. I'm not even sure I know how to hang up, but. <laughs> oh, look at that.
Hey, if you like this, please share it with your friends. And if you have a funny church story, send it to us and it might make the show. Email us, churchstoriespod at gmail.com. Or DM us at memes on Instagram. Or tweet us at churchstories. And leave us a review on iTunes. Every little bit helps. You make the difference. Be the change you want to see in the world. Stop wishing, start doing. Is that enough encouragement? Yeah, that's enough. All right. Oh!